You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Right? You know, like Cureleaf is a $100 company in five years. You know, I think in two to three years, it's a $50 company. It's 13 right now. So it's a multi-bagger. And you can say that about Green Thumb and you can say that about Trueleaf. Welcome to the Young Jerks, Mike Crawford tonight. Something a little different. Going to be, uh, well, it's not different because we are been looking at True Leaf quite a bit lately on the show. But tonight we're going to be doing something a little bit different in terms of what we're focusing on. Uh, specifically, we stumbled on a little, little story, a little scandal, I think. And I'm going to share what I found tonight. Um opened up with uh, this joker of the Wolf of Wall Street who uh, two years ago predicted that Trueleaf, the Trueleaf stock, would be at $50 in two to three years. Two to three years. Two years is right now, June. Two years ago, he made that prediction. The Trueleaf stock right now is at $4. It's not at 50 It's at 4 We're going to be discussing quite a bit. I just wanted to give a quick little intro on kind of who I am because I, I realize there's probably going to be some new listeners tonight. I, I know there often is lately. But specifically tonight, because, you know, for longer term listeners and the, and the regulars that watch this show, they know that we've been covering the truly bit, you know, bit uh, on this one. You know, we've seen that workers have really gotten the raw end of the stick with truly in this story. We're going to be showing tonight on this episode how retail investors, retail investors have also gotten the same raw stick, the raw end of the stick, so to speak. From Truly, from the executives, from the CEO, Kim Rivers. And tonight, this is about her judgment. This is about a lot of people's judgment in the cannabis space. And we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of uh, Weed Street. It should give you a clue right there what we're talking about. If you aren't familiar with this type of scam that we're going to lay out tonight, look at the movie Boiler, uh, Boiler Room from like 2000. I was a financial advisor. This is about my background for folks that don't know. I was actually a licensed financial advisor for over 10 years. I had some cannabis issues actually. And that's kind of led to my downfall in that industry. I was a licensed financial advisor later on. You know, I did the series seven, the series 63, basically what we do is sales, licensed sales. There was limits, big time limits on what you could actually say and do with the public, uh, especially with recommendations and advice. I'd later got uh, another designation to actually be able to give advice like officially as a financial advisor, uh, an extra designation beyond like the series seven and the 63, which allows you to trade for customers. Um, you know, I was also licensed and, you know, had other license and regulations that we would follow in that industry. And it, it is kind of very strict industry. I never had any complaints against me. Uh, never had any customer issues. Basically, you know, my, my thing is I was managing smaller customers through 403b plans at my height and and so we had a lot of smaller type of you know customers i really loved uh doing that but unfortunately it did come to an end uh due to some issues that we're not even going to discuss tonight because it's not about me but that's my background i like business i'm a small business guy but as well my claim to fame is more activism with cannabis specifically i've been active in the cannabis space as an activist for over 20 years. I'm an athlete. I have a bad back. I had cancer. I'm a medical patient. 
about medical rights. I'm also a worker. I've been a working class person my whole life, despite, you know, having those years when I was definitely like more of a professional. Uh, even to this day, I'm a small business owner, but I run my own business. I work my own business every day. So I'm a, I'm a grinder. I love business. I've got a lot of business experience, especially smaller business, but specifically with the financial industry. So laying that out, just want people to know that's who I am. If you're going to come for me tonight, know who, who you're talking to. And I have a pure heart in this cannabis space. I am about cannabis. I love cannabis, but I also realize there's been a lot of corruption. And that's where we come in, the Young Jerks. We've been exposing a lot of the bullshit, specifically about labor and the way that uh, employees are, have been treated in the cannabis space, but also consumers and medical patients like myself. And I think we've had a great effect on that. We've interviewed quite a few politicians. Tonight, we're talking about a stock scam. I believe it's a stock scam. Uh, we're going to throw up. I want to throw it up right now. This is the... The headline tonight, Kim Rivers and the Stock Pumpers. True Leaf CEO, Rosie Mateo, who is uh, one of the most influential PR firms in the industry. You may have heard us uh, discuss that uh, with some of our previous guests who have pointed that out and the cannabis media that platform them. And specifically, we're talking about Jason, this gentleman, Jason Spatafora, uh, who has been platformed quite a bit by the cannabis media. We're going to go through that tonight. We're going to go through what, what they do, what Jason Spatafora does, why his partners have been fined uh, like a million dollars by the SEC. We're going to go through all their allegations and also what their excuse was, which I find laughable, actually. We're going to go through all this. And how does this, you know, what's this got to do with Kim Rivers and Rosie Mateo? Well, let's get into that. Let's get into all of this tonight. And we'll be taking your calls. Eventually, you know, you may have seen I was way behind tonight. I was ready to go. And then my girlfriend asked me to do something. I thought I had time. And then I realized I wasn't set up. I thought everything was set up and I was freaking out. I had to save the document again. But we're good to go. We have everything. We're going to get all the videos up. But I just wanted to start with, you know, basically there has been SEC fines. What we're talking about tonight is not 100% conclusive. We're not going to say that everyone's in on this scam, that everyone knows what's going on. But there's a serious lack of judgment and a lack of caring in this industry. And it boils down to even the retail investors. And I think that Kim Rivers should go as a CEO. If you're an investor of Trulief, I think this is concerning. I think that you should actually be interested in this tonight, what we're going to present. So let's get to it. Let's let's play some of the videos. Let's look at some of the things that we've discovered. And, and again, we are not even getting to the bottom of this. This is something that we just discovered. And it just, again, we broke a story about Lorna McMurray, the worker that died at True Leaf, uh, like six months after or even a year after it happened. I'm not even sure of it. It was a while after it happened because there was no one covering this stuff. There was no one looking at it. And this is another example. We're going to be looking at screenshots of things and files of things that have happened just a couple, you know, in the last couple of years. To me, it's shocking that no one else in the cannabis media has touched us. But it's not that surprising. And it, that's part of the story tonight that we're going to show up. And this is what we're talking about, just how scandalous this is. This is right here who you're looking at on the screen. He calls himself the on Twitter, the Wolf of Weed Street. Now, if that's not a dead giveaway, if you're anyone like myself who's ever been in the financial world, you know what the Wolf of Wall Street is, that movie, even if you're not in the 
industry. It's mainstream at this point. Boiler Room came out in 2000. That was a major movie. It was only like an indie movie. It was a good movie. But anyone in the financial industry has seen that movie, has been a flack. Vin Diesel when he was younger. Like that was a really good movie. And these guys are basically what I'm going to say are the digital version of the Boiler Room scam. And here is this gentleman who goes by Wolf of Weed Street, names himself after a famous stock pump, a fraud pump and dumper. They tell you who they are. This Jason tells us who he is over and over again on social media. And this is Jason right here. Jason, the Wolf of Weed Street with his True Leaf tracksuit. Notice what Kim actually got him here. So we have Kim Rivers. We have her actually admitting that she bought this gentleman a True Leaf tracksuit, which when I think tracksuit, I either think athlete, which Jason doesn't really look like an athlete like me. Maybe he is, but I, I think more, you know, stereotypical, especially if Kim Rivers gave it, that it's because she thinks he's a little gangster. So here's Kim Rivers on Truly on uh, of True Leaf, the True Leaf CEO, on May 20th of uh, 2021, posting on Twitter in response to his video that he put out his little dance with the True Leaf tracksuit that Kim gifted him. And she says, I've been pitching the idea to my marketing team with no luck. So I thought uh, I'd have a, a prototype made and send them the responses. Who better than the Wolf of Wal uh, Weed Street to help sell it? And then she has a little laugh and does a little dance and thinks it's fire. Uh, those are her, her comments. And who is this Wolf of Wall Street? Why should we care about this? Well, that's what we're going to get into tonight. And again, this isn't just a one-off. We have, like, we're just touching. In this episode, we have, we have hundreds of slides that we went through, hundreds of documents. We're probably going to present like 78 of them if we have enough time tonight. But there is a lot of back and forth between Kim Rivers, the CEO of True Leaf, and this stock uh, pump and dump illegal salesman is what I'm going to call him. And here is Jason, the wolf of Weed Street. There's a couple of nice nuggets that he uh, posted just recently. When someone asked him, because it's starting to get out and, and we've been starting to ask questions and people get a brain this up because a lot of people lost money. A lot of people have invested money with these guys who don't ever talk about themselves as investment advisors. They call themselves like, you know, trading advisors. I'm going to talk about that in a second too. But here's a couple of recent tweets from him uh, when folks are asking him about the illegal pump and dumping and whether it's been going on in the cannabis space and whether he's involved. And this is a couple of his responses. One is LOL, laugh out loud. They still ask to promote. They will never stop paying, but it's a minefield with disclosures dealing with FINRA, which I had to deal with because I was a licensed financial advisor, et cetera. 20 million over eight years was good enough for my partners and I. We will live. So basically, to me, that reads that he made 20, him and his partners made $20 million over six years doing things that aren't quite legal, but he's not doing it anymore. And he says, I haven't promoted a penny stock since January 2020. Another quote just recently. We're going to get into that too. But to me, these tweets, I, you know, he's made a lot of predictions. He made it, he made a prediction that in two years, True Leaf would be at 50 bucks. 
in five years, it would be at $100. I don't think that's happening. Uh, True Leaf is at $4 right now. Um, I'm going to make a prediction that uh, Jason Spatafora is subject to another SEC investigation, uh, if not a criminal case, in the next two to five years. So again, I want to I want to make sure people are aware of why we're talking about this tonight and and how it affects the media. Uh, this cannabis media is just kind of disgusting. This week, uh, Leafly took down the death of a trimmer series. It was like a four part epic series on Lorna McMurray's death. Uh, it's just disgusting what they did to the journalist who wrote it, Dave. They didn't even let him know why they took it down. Uh, they're owned by a larger cannabis holding company, Meridia Capital. This is a perfect example of what's going on in the cannabis media. And again, if you want to support real media, focus, you know, really check people, really make sure that your sources are good, that the people you're listening to don't have ulterior motives. I'm going to say right now, we have no ulterior motives, but we know that our community rewards us for the journalism and the information that we bring that no one else is bringing. And so if you want to reward us, Subscribe to us on iTunes, support us on YouTube and Facebook. Make sure you're liking us, sharing, subscribing. And there are other ways you can kick in uh, through our podcast and our Midnight Mass Substack. We will put that up in a little bit. We're also uh, going to you know, take some phone calls, hopefully, tonight. We'll, we'll put the number up in a, in a few minutes. We're not quite set up for that yet. But again, uh, we're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. And Dave did this unbelievable four-part series for workers about what happened at True Leaf. It was up for months. All of a sudden, this big company decided to take it down. Cannabis censorship. And it's sickening, too. Uh, I want to thank Weed Week News. I also want to thank Dick Boston. I want to thank the outlets. Like, there are outlets who are doing the right thing. I want to thank Jeremy Burke from, like, Cultivated. He has a newsletter. There are journalists that stand out. And Weed Week News put a story about what Leafly did. And it's sickening even how they, the way that they put up this strain and, and the place of the story and the strain was lost soul. I mean, I don't know if that was intentional or not. It probably wasn't, probably just a weird thing in the algorithm, but really kind of uh, just shows you how bankrupt it is. If True Leaf ever had a soul, they definitely lost it this week. If Leafly, excuse me, if Leafly ever had a soul, truly, I don't think's ever had one. So again, this this feature that we're doing on the Wolf of Weed Street and Kim Rivers and Rosie Mateo, what what do you mean? What's going on here? And and what do you actually have? Well, we have lots of tweets like this. This goes back to a party in 2021 where Jason Spatafora, the Wolf of Weed Street, and Kim Rivers along with Rosie, who is the uh, PR firm at this point for True Leaf, and I believe Terrasend, and also Extend it. You know, so multiple large multi-state operators, the largest tier one. She was the, like, go-to de facto PR firm. And some folks have noticed and called it out, like, Coke and Pepsi wouldn't have the same PR firm. It seems like that's starting to change now. It seems like maybe uh, True Leaf doesn't actually use Rosie anymore. But at this point, Definitely all friends and family. And what you're seeing here is that they respond to each other quite a bit. They tag each other quite a bit in 2021. And again, why does this matter? Well, we're going to get to that in a second. But I just want to establish that fact right here. 
And I'm going to point out some of the main players here so that you know who exactly what we're talking about, who we're talking about. Before we do that, let's look at this. And this is the key that I think ties it all together that you need to know about is the SEC. This is what came down. This is in the matter of Adam Hyman and Michael Perinotti. And both of these gentlemen are now partners with the Wolf of Weed Street. And we're going to read from some of that tonight. Not quite yet, but that's the main part of this. And this is a, a comment that came in on Twitter. There's a lot of comments and, and info that we're going to share from folks talking about this. And uh, Taylor wrote on Twitter, he said, what if I told you that the popular trading groups were encouraging their members to buy pot stocks in 2019, in 2020, then purchase, purchasing options and calls to pump and dump them and financially benefit? So basically, folks that don't understand, they're betting the other side. They're buying something that's worthless, pumping it up, pretending it's worth something, and then selling the shares that they already bought for pennies on the dollar and then selling them at the premium, knowing that it's going to come back down to pennies on the dollar. It's called, it's called the pump and dump. This is the oldest scheme in the financial industry. Everyone knows about it. It's why people are licensed. It's why that you have to go to a licensed person for advice. Uh, you shouldn't be paying someone for advice, especially uh, when they're encouraging you to make risky trades. So Taylor just nails it. This is what this is about. And again, how close are these folks? Well, I'll tell you something. Kim Rivers hasn't wished me a happy Thanksgiving. Did she wish you a happy Thanksgiving? Uh, in 2022, and this is after the SEC fines came out, by the way. And this is after a decade of this. You know, this goes uh, way beyond. We're going to show some of that info, too. For decades, this stuff has been going on. But in 2022, Kim Rivers on Thanksgiving, says, happy Thanksgiving at Wolf of Wall Street with a nice green heart. Out of the blue. I mean, this is how close they are. And who platformed him? Folks like Benzinga. Benzinga. Here's a, a podcast that Benzinga did two years ago with the Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Weed Street, excuse me. We're just going to call him the Wolf right now. Here he is. This is Jason. This is the wolf of Weed Street, the wolf. He calls himself an investor and stock marker provocateur, lover of irrational exuberance. And here's Rosie Bateo. Now you can see Rosie has blocked me. Kind of tough to see comment when someone's already blocked you. And this is interesting because, you know, I'm not going to say that Rosie Mateo is in on the scam or knows what's going on, but I think that she is such a joker and has such a lack of judgment. And when you have someone with so much power in this industry, this is what Rosie Mateo has on her website right now. We make markets. Now, as a financial guy, when I see we make markets, I think market maker. Mateo Communications is a market-making agency that specializes in bringing awareness to brands with unique visions and voices. We use our well-honed communication skills, industry knowledge, and creative muscle to drive conversations 
That's interesting because I, I, when I think market maker, I think of someone who's licensed to trade stocks between buyers and sellers, like you might find at a stock exchange. Actually, let's look at that. The de definition of market maker is a dealer in securities. I don't think Rosie's licensed, and I don't think she actually is dealing in securities. And I don't think she is what we're going to talk about tonight, which is a stock pumper. But it's very interesting and in how close they are in a way, even in what they do. Because in the end, they're really kind of doing the same thing. It's, it's pumping the stocks. That's what Rosie's good at. She's good at slaying the BS. She's good at uh, placing Kim in front of the easy media that she requires to talk about how her, her brand strength is truly if they're protecting the brand value. The brand value is shit. Kim Rivers' value is shit at this point for workers and even retail investors. And we're showing that tonight. Now, again, these are, these are what you can find right now online. They're not hiding this. This is Rosie and uh, Kim Rivers talking about a big party that they're going to go to and the music they're going to gonna do, the karaoke that they're going to do with the Wolf of Wheat Street in 2020, 20, uh, 2021 at a cannabis conference. And Rosie's choice was We Are Family, which is interesting. Is she family with the Wolf of Wheat Street? Kim Rivers was uh, wanted to do the Sublime uh, song, and she said, add it to the list. Jason has got the intro, which is the two joint song. Does Kim smoke weed with, with the Wolf of Weed Street? I guess so. So again, why is this, why is this important? Well, this is the Wolf of Weed Street's partner. His name is Michael Paranotti. He, uh, and this is what we got off a website. And he's a pump and dumper. You know, he describes himself as an award-winning hedge fund, former hedge fund guy. And no one could find any real info on that. And there's no evidence that he's licensed or really has been licensed. I, I couldn't find anything. The only thing we can find on him is that the SEC fined them for a lot of money. A lot of money. So that's Michael. And this is who the Wolf of Wheat Street directs people to, to listen to. Uh, he hard sells them. I was actually in one of their little YouTube. And it seems very artificial inflated hyped i've done a lot of sales stuff i've been around sales stuff i know what's a, a hard sell is definitely a hard sell talks about the risk uh talks about don't be afraid of you know fear of missing out it's all about fear of missing out uh it's all buy now do this now don't worry about the risk never tells you the risk the true risk is that you're giving money and listening to a guy who has been fined by the sec they never tell you that now, they're going to say that they do tell you that because they have talked about it once in public. <laughs> but, you know, the real wolf of uh, the real wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, he talks about what he did everywhere now, like it seems like. Like there's a difference between someone who did something wrong, in my opinion, and admits it now and is owning it and trying to do things differently now. Like some folks, are, and I think that these folks are going to try to paint that picture, but everything that we see doesn't, doesn't show that. And we're going to talk about that tonight too. And here's his, here's the other gentleman that was uh, also fined by the SEC, Michael's other partner, 
Uh, he's on a major podcast with one of the Paul brothers, Logan Paul. This is the, these are the stock pumpers, Michael and Adam. And this is the SEC complaint again. We're going to go through some of this. Um, but before we do that, I just want to, you know, we get beginning messages. I think a lot of them are very pertinent about what we're talking about to let people know uh, what the investors have been through. The small investors, some of them are even larger investors who have been what they think they've been scammed by these folks. And these are some of the messages. I'm just going to read this gentleman's messages right now. He says it costs two to three thousand to sign up. Then you get put into this group chat room and it shows you the trades that the owners make. Then people follow along. But there's no real proof that they are actually making those buys. They are just telling you that. He plays options on pot stocks and I took the bait, lost a lot of money. Yes, he was telling us to buy in at 25 and was shorting it the entire time. He just made an official partner of True Trading Group. So that means he owns part of the company. So let me explain this to folks that don't understand too. Like a lot of times, like if I own a hundred shares of, of a certain stock, I can do something, sell a call, which like Fubo stock right now is a stock I own. I'm not telling people to get into it. It's very speculative. I, I you know, think people should wait until the number one stocks like uh, Microsoft and Meta, et cetera, go back down. And then you can buy in again, if you want any type of uh, recommendation I'm not, you know, paid for this. I'm not giving anyone, like, I don't put myself as an advisor out there, but that's what I do. I'm just telling folks. So I don't think you should be investing in risky stocks, but I have a little bit in some risky stocks and FUBU, uh, the uh, sports streaming company is one of them. It's one of the companies I own over a hundred shares of. So sometimes I'll sell calls on those. And what that means, if the stock's trading at, let's say 250 a share right now, I'll look and see at 450 if I could sell a call on that, which means that if it actually hits that price, someone's going to buy it uh, and I'm going to lose those shares at that price. And, and people who bought, you know, who, who are going to buy a, a call are, are actually very bullish on that stock. And it's kind of risky, especially on a smaller stock on that. And it's something that uh, folks that have already, you know, holding a bag, you know, they're, they're able to make some income doing that. And it's very easy for someone who's bought a lot of shares to try to create a market where they could sell that because most of the time you can't find anyone that's going to buy the call that you're selling. And so this, what he's pointing out is basically creating a market. It's creating a market so you can actually profit and it's not disclosing what you actually own. You're pretending that you're, you know, doing something for the customer. It's the oldest trick in the, in the book. It's a confidence trick. So that's what they're explaining. And I just want to point out too, there's a lot of this too online where you see if there's any complaint back to Jason or his partners on Twitter, they get very upset. They get very upset and they bully people. And this is just an example of that. Here's the Wolf of Weed Street. Uh, someone, he, you know, someone got bullied so much they deleted their tweet. And Jason's response is, ha ha, everyone had a fun uh, to your head, I suppose, you assume all responsibility. You know how dumb, how you sound, crying like it was one of us pushing the button. You had no plan but to hold on for dear life with your fake-ass account. So that's how he responds to someone who lost money who was in his program, publicly calling, calling him out. 
Here's another partner in the uh, true trading group that we're talking about tonight, Adam. He responds again to another person who uh, points out that Adam tweets crash like 100 times a year. It's a bit of a cry wolf situation for the members at this point. Adam responds back, are you still a member? Question mark. What they don't talk about is what we have up on the screen right now. I wish I I could enlarge it even larger, but what you're basically seeing is the lies. These folks basically didn't disclose holdings. They told people to do things uh, that were in their best interest and that they didn't disclose. And it's pump and dump allegations. There's a lot of them. And you can see inaccurate and incomplete communication. You can see the, the allegations here. I'm going to read some of these, actually, if I can. I need better glasses. <clears throat> Here's one. Here's one of the counts. For an example, on July 2015, Heyman, Heyman, I'm not sure how you say his name, but he published an article that was posted on a financial website. The article, which promoted, uh, contained a disclosure at the end, inaccurately stating, this article is commentary by an independent contributor. At the time of the publication, the the author held no positions in the stocks mentioned. In fact, on June 17th of 2015, the company had entered into agreement with an issuer. So basically the, the same stock company they said he didn't hold. They signed an agreement with them to promote that stock. As compensation for the promotion of the stock, the company that Adam owned had been awarded 10 billion in shares. It was also paid 60 grand. None of this compensation was disclosed. The 10 million shares were issued to the company one day before the article was published. So that's that's how they do it. Now, it also says that he authored 18 other articles for free news websites that also contain incomplete or inaccurate disclosures about his relationship with the issuers, including whether uh, or how he was being compensated to promote these stocks. So basically, he had an interest in promoting the stocks and didn't tell people. It's called pump and dump. It's fraud. He was a stock, an illegal stock promoter. Now, again, the settlement that with the SEC, they had no admissions of guilt, but they paid huge fines. And to me, I mean, these allegations are really, this is just some of the allegations. Look how many allegations there are. I could be here all night reading these allegations. This is what they did. And here's Adam, the guy who uh, lied to investors, basically taunting the SEC on Twitter. And this is what gets me as Gary Gensler. He's 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 taunting the uh, Gary Gensler guy for you know seeing an ad about you know hire SEC agents, and he says LinkedIn, uh, you might want to check your audience targeting algorithm. No, maybe they had it right, Adam, because this brings up what what I wonder. With all these counts against these guys, and it's so obvious what they were doing, why weren't there actual criminal charges? Why did the SEC let them off on just a fine? That, that's an interesting point. Maybe they're still working.
Maybe they're going to out some more companies like Trulief. I think what I want to do right now is we've talked about the allegations. This is the fun part. I get to sit back for a few minutes and laugh at these clowns. Because what we're going to put up now is their response. So basically, when they got busted by the SEC and put up, you know, this settled this huge fine with the SEC, they came up in their stock trading group and basically introed it like it was, you know, any other day and then did like a 15-minute spiel with the two owners on what they did. And we're going to go through that right now and how they actually pretended that it was their attorney's fault and they, they didn't know that they couldn't lie to their investors. They didn't realize that fraud was actually illegal. That That's their excuse, that these highly seasoned experts didn't know that they were that lying to investors, that front running stocks was fraud, that they could get in trouble for this, that they thought that they could get away with it, that their lawyer had a way to get away with it. Let's watch this. Former award-winning hedge fund trader, now the current head trader at True Trader Group. For those of you that do not know, TTG is the fastest growing, highest rated online premium educational platform available today. And at True Trading Group, results matter. Because results matter, we have one simple goal. That is to help you to learn trade and profit. If you guys are brand new, make sure that you like and share this video. And most importantly, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. We go live six nights a week here, Sunday through Friday with myself, other TTG pro trader moderators and special guests drop golden nuggets and free information and lessons that can help you to become a better trader. But why should you listen to any of the things we share with you on these live streams? Folks, I didn't figure this stuff out on my own. I began my career working for a hedge fund in New York City, 2007, my very first job out of college. That is where I was. That is where I learned how to trade. I was taught by other professional traders. Then 2008 happened, the Great Recession, the housing market crisis, stock market crash. But it was during that time of chaos that I went on to receive one of the firm's Trader of the Year awards. But before they even let me touch $1 of their money, I first had to go through an intensive training program. I had access to some of the top trading tools available. And I was part of a community of like-minded traders. And that is exactly what the TTG platform is based on now here today. Okay. But before we get started on this live stream tonight, and we've got a very special and very important live stream to share with you guys all here this evening. Okay. Uh, before we do get into the live stream, I'd like to bring on my partner, co-founder of True Trading Group, Adam. For those that don't know him, um, Adam is the, the man behind the curtains, guys, when it comes to True Trading Group. He is the one that makes make sure that all these amazing tools and resources and everything are available on the website and make sure that TTG as a business runs smoothly. So you guys see me here front and center on these live streams, but Adam is uh, is the man behind the curtain, so to speak. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome you all to Adam, or we call him Shug. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. So um, I look like I'm in a studio apartment and you look like you're at your grandmother's house. So this is going to go over great tonight. This is going to go good. It's going to go. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's going to go amazing. So, um, so that's all I got to say about that. Um, all right, guys. So um, good evening. Uh, first and foremost, 
Good evening, guys. We just got fined a million dollars for fraud. Uh, I want to say how overwhelming uh, the past 72 hours have been. Uh, been kind of uh, overwhelming, right? Yeah. Would you say so, Mike? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, just the uh, the last 72 hours has really been just amazing. Um, the the love from the TTD fan, man, is just is unbelievable. It really is. We were talking about this earlier. Um, you know, the I, I, I mean, you tell me if you, if you want me. We've got a statement, guys, that we actually want to share with you all before we um, before we get things started here um with the live stream here tonight so yeah i also think that it's important to to say before we make this statement that we don't have to make this statement um you know that that yeah you have the right to remain silent i mean that's pretty obvious adam there's a lot of there's a lot of other um you know look i don't want to point fingers at other companies, but there's a lot of other companies that when something happens, especially from their past, they'll go ahead and they'll sweep it right under the rug. Like Sam uh, Brinkman. He doesn't want to talk. Yeah. And, and that'll be the end of it. Right. Um, And they'll wait for it to die down or they'll wait for a bigger story to come up and, um, and that'll be it. Right. And that's just not how we are. Yeah, that's not how we operate. That's not how we've ever operated. And- no, we get busted, pay a million dollar fines, and we just keep the scam going. We just tell everyone that we've changed our procedures, right? Is that what you're going to do right now? I mean, this is ballsy in a way. You got to expect to like respect this grift in a way. Like, I feel bad for people who've been scammed by these folks. Like, I've heard from a lot of them, but jeez. You gotta have some balls to come back after you get fined a million dollars by the S, the federal government, SEC, all these allegations, and you're still. Well, let's see what they're gonna say. Let's just. I want people to see the balls of these guys because it's it's kind of like wow. And and that's because you know, like I don't know. We just we got a call too. I'm gonna try to take a call like now. Let's see who we got on the phone. I haven't even set it up yet, guys. Hold on. I can't, you know, call me back. Call me back. Let's continue. Built, I don't know why that is. We've built True Trading Group and ourselves, good, bad, or indifferent, love us, hate us. We've always shoot you straight, even when you're not going to like it. Yeah, man. You know, and that's been, and that's been the thing, right? So, you know, I guess, um, I don't know. Do you want me to start, or do you want to start, or I'll go through. I'll I'll uh, I'll read what we have prepared. All right, do it. All right. Before that, do that. We're gonna try this call. Let's see if we can get a call on the line who just called in. Hello. Hey, you're calling the Young Jerks. You're live on the air. What's going on? My, my name is Carl. I'm trying to get on the on the phone with that old young Muslim boy named I believe his name's Tank. I think you might have the wrong number. Are you are you a prank caller tonight? I know my name's Carl. I never prank called one in my life. I'm trying to get over that drink. He's been saying a lot of mean things about my political party. Well, which party is that? Yeah, it's the Pirates Party of America, No Safe Harbor. 
Do you want to comment on our show at all tonight, or is this just something else? I reckon I'll comment on your show. You look nice with the the, the great out goatee you got going on there. Yeah, I reckon you got some nice glasses as well. Thank you so much. What do you think about these Scott the stock scammers? Do you know these guys? Uh, yeah, I'm not big on Scotland. What they did with them goats and making them bagpipes. <laughs> oh man, we get some calls. Let's play back the video. Okay, so guys, as you all saw, the amazing thumbnail, courtesy of Adam. Everyone, round of applause for Adam with that amazingly hilarious and creative thumbnail. When he first showed it to me, I actually, I was completely by myself, and I literally laughed out loud by myself when he sent me, when he sent me that thumbnail. So, you guys all saw the thumbnail. You guys all read the title of this video, so we can address kind of the elephant in the room. Um, and we have a statement that uh, we have prepared for you guys that uh, I'm going to go ahead right now. I'm going to read this statement. And I just want you all to just give me your ears. That's all. Okay. That's all we want. We're going to go ahead and I'm going to start the statement here now, guys. Okay. So first and foremost, we do want to say again how overwhelming the past 72 hours have been. On any given day, you all push and motivate us to be the best parts of ourselves, but the amount of love and support from our TeachD family over the past couple of days has been something truly amazing, humbling, and motivating. When Adam and I first started TTG, we had no idea the impact it would have on people's lives and or the freedom, sense of purpose, and pride that it would give our own. TTG's unequivocal proof that you can have a business and run and grow that business with honesty, integrity, and transparency, all while the business is flourishing and its members have every opportunity to receive unmatched value. Transparency. That's not what the SEC file said. What the SEC file said is that you lied to your investors, that you lied about stocks that you were promoting that you held the stocks and told people that you didn't have the stocks and a shared sense of purpose. Pur the shared purpose of you fleecing people who are listening to you for stock advice. That's your purpose, Michael. Everybody knows it. That's exactly what you did to people. Purpose and passion. Two of the most important things a person can have as both together give life its meaning. I love purpose and passion. I'm all about it. But I think that your purpose and passion is to make money off of other people's stupidity and believing in you. The life of an entrepreneur without those two ingredients is one of the main reasons you can start something with the best intentions. And maybe even you, you even make some great money with that. But somewhere along the line or somewhere along the way, the purpose and passion leave. And, it be and you decide to start scamming people. I mean, this is basically, this is as close as you get to them admitting it right here. This is Michael. And I love Adam's eyes at this. If you look at Adam's eyes, man, he is, you can tell he's freaking the F, f out in this. Let's see if we'll take another call. Is this a Florida? Oh, actually, I'm going to take this call. I think this might be a better call than the last uh, crazy person. Hello? Hey, you're on the show right now. What do you, what do you got for us? We're playing the video from True Trading Group. You have any comments on this tonight? Yeah.
But yeah, I know I was going to call a little bit later, but I, I honestly can't watch this without just being completely nauseated and sick. Uh, those guys are terrible. Um, I, I was a member of the true trading group for a while and I lost a lot of money uh, with those guys. I lost a lot of money on pot stocks and, um, you know, really just watching that. It, it, it's just really infuriating, uh, that they're just walking around as, as free people that they're not in prison. Um, I, I can't believe, um, the audacity of some of the things those guys are trying to say, um, really it's it's just disappointing and um you know i'm glad i got got out when i did but i lost a ton of money with those guys and um you know that trading program that they're selling and the wolf of weed street and the whole thing i mean just you know if you, if you go about five years back uh from when these pot stocks started selling um you know, there's so many people that put so so much hard-earned money into these companies that were supposed to be mega cap, cap companies and um, large cap companies, and, and and really the prices just kept going down and down and down. I mean, I, I talk to investors every day that have lost millions of dollars on this, and uh, so I just wanted to call and uh, you know I appreciate you doing this call and uh, just wanted to talk with you about that a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate and. Uh, just seeing those guys on the video, I mean, it's just infuriating. It just angers me to no end. And um, I know at least, you know, 15, 20x trading group members. You know, I also know at least 30, 40 people that invested in these pot stocks that just got ripped off. You're talking a lot of money, too. Like, we're not even talking, like, small amounts. You're talking hundreds of thousands. No, of we're not talking, you know, some lost, you know, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. Others lost half a million, a million. I know people that lost $5 million. I know people that lost over $10 million. Um, the fact that the SEC hasn't looked into this uh, deeper is is just incredible to me. It just blows my mind. What do you, what did you, like, were you investing with them when they got, SEC find or did that happen before after what so here's so when you sign up for this group you pay a an amount of money and then they put you into a chat room where whenever one of the moderators or the owners makes a trade it's posted on the screen but there's no way for people to really tell if they actually made that trade so it could be completely you know false uh, you know, it may not even be real. Um, and then, you know, if you have anywhere from 500 members to 3000 members, uh, purchasing a stock that they recommend, um, based off of one of these, um, you know, fixed stock alerts or whatever they are. I mean, if you're dealing with micro cap, uh, micro cap companies or companies that are extremely illiquid, like pot stocks, it doesn't take much to move the needle. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I mean, that's the game. That's the game. You buy worthless stocks. You get people, to, yeah, a certain number of people to buy them after you've already bought them for nothing. You sell them at an inflated price. And, you know, that's how you make the market. It, it's They've become their own market makers and playing one side uh, against them. And they're, they profit they, and you lose. I mean, that's basically what goes on here. And that's our allegation. And that's what the SEC seemed to, I mean, 
it's shocking that the SEC put all these all this time in the allegations and then they just take the money and run. Like I'm surprised by that. Are you surprised that they just took the money and let these guys seemingly continue on? Well, here's the deal. So let's simplify things. So let's take a step back. So you take a look at companies like True Leaf, like Green Thumb, Cure Leaf. Like these, these are huge cannabis companies, but because of federal legislation, they're still trading on the pink sheets. They're on OTC markets, which means these stocks are illiquid. Uh, so if you have a group of like-minded investors and you recommend a stock for them to buy, and they start buying these OTC stocks, obviously they're going to go up because it doesn't take much to move the needle. And then if you're a moderator or you in some way associate with this trading group, you could just sell at the top and just make your exit. And you wouldn't even have to tell these investors. You could just take your money and run. And I think that's what happened here. And now they're saying they're not doing that anymore. They say they're not doing OTC stocks, but I noticed they're in crypto, which is even worse which has a lot of this going on, a lot of this rug pulling that we've seen over and over again. Um, it, it's also funny. They also like basically are claiming now uh, they don't do any OTC. They're not taking money from companies, but there's no way for us to know. And uh, why would you trust them at this point when they've already proven that they're lied to people? <laughs> I mean, that's, and, and you know, I know that there's no admission of guilt with the fine that they paid, but, to me, that's enough admission. Like you wouldn't pay the SEC all that money if you didn't do something. Right. And why would you say that you're no longer doing something? Is there exactly. a reason you're that's no longer doing point. something? Excellent. Point. I mean, yeah. Why yeah, you know, I just want to I just want to say there's a reason they're not doing it anymore. Yeah. Is because they got they got caught doing it. And, uh, and you know, playing too. around with microcap stocks yeah. in a trading group. Yeah. And the pot stocks too, it's like uh like there's a difference too between like uh, between all these different types of stocks we're talking about, whether you're talking about crypto or or like true penny stocks to be, we're always OTC. Um, but then you have like the Vancouver exchanges, the the Canadian exchanges, where so it's like they're being very fine about what they say they're not doing anymore, but it allows loopholes, in my opinion. Don't you think so? Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know I. You know, I'm fortunate enough to be retired, you know, um, you know, financially I'm, I'm doing just fine, but you know, I, I lost a substantial amount of money with them. I won't get into that. Um, it's just details to me. Um, but it, this is not, this, this goes a lot deeper than most people think it does. And the show that you're doing tonight is just scratching the surface of how deep it goes. And, um, you know, hopefully you can, find everything you're you're looking to find but i can tell you just just talking to me I, i'm one of hundreds of people that this has happened to well we hope to hear from much more of them they can email us we're going to put our email out there to mjc boston one at yahoo.com we're, we're taking info we're going to continue on this they can also call in leave a voicemail even after the show at the 978-560-3155 phone number there's many ways to get in touch with us and, and we're going to continue this and i agree with you we're just scratching the surface. And what we found just on the surface, what's publicly available on Twitter is just shocking. And I know that there's a lot more that we're not even touching. And I'm glad you brought that up too. Like a lot of our, our stuff tonight is just from the last couple of years. This goes back way further and there's much more to it. It even ties into wall street bets. So I expect much more. I want to hear from people, especially the investors. I, I want to thank you so much for calling in tonight. 
No problem, my friend. Um, yeah, sorry for the angry tone. Uh, I just saw, uh, you know, their their mean mugs up on the screen, and it just angered me to no end. So I just had to call you. Thank you for calling, sir. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. I know. Well, there you go. Let's hear more from these guys. It becomes a means of survival, and not something that helps you give your life meaning. This is the exact position that Adam and I found ourselves in many years ago. For those that do not know, Adam and I owned an investor relations company prior to starting True Training Group, where we primarily worked with you know penny stocks that trade on the OTC, and for a while it appeared to be a really good business. We began to expand and to grow that business, and, and we knew we needed the right infrastructure in order to do that. In order to grow any business, you need the right infrastructure. So we went ahead and we hired two different sec attorneys along the way to help guide us and make sure that we were set up for long-term growth while remaining compliant and we trusted in these people right they were our attorneys so we brought any and all ideas to our sec council before acting on anything that we did regarding our investor relations business the business of investor relations especially as it pertains to penny stocks is not one that usually embodies the characteristics of integrity, honesty, and transparency, and therefore it is heavily scrutinized as it should be, okay? But from 2015 to 2018, we received poor guidance from our now previous SEC attorneys. We were- <laughs> Oh my God. This doesn't happen, I'm sorry. These guys are laughable. Just the shit that they're about to push. Listen to this. Told that it was okay to trade in the stocks that we were promoting as long as we did not buy the stocks beforehand. Which they did. Well, you know, whether they bought or were gifted, they own the stocks. Did not coordinate buying sales between multiple trading accounts and as long as we disclosed publicly which you didn't so you didn't disclose publicly we would be doing this via what is called a 17b disclosure with an added scalping disclaimer we followed this instruction from our lawyer to the letter why do we do this initially you may think that it was probably to make money but no actually it was not we did oh they did it to help people i mean come on if you didn't do it, you're all about making money. Your whole persona in life is about making money. Everything that you do is about making money. But no, you didn't do this illegal action that is known to be fraudulent by like the whole financial industry since Boiler Room or even before that came out. We've been having these scams go on for decades. Everybody knows what a Boiler Room scam is. Did this because in that industry, you're actually judged on the work you do by the amount of volume that you generate. We used a trading account in the name of a close friend, and we bought and we sold stock of the companies that we were working with in the open market, not knowing who we're buying from or not knowing who we're selling to. We we used this thinking that it was was it's irrelevant. You pumped and dumped. It doesn't matter who, if you knew who you were selling to. You pumped it up. Of course, you're selling to people who who you pumped up. Oh my God, this, this guy is just, they talk about shit that doesn't even make sense or, or, or matter. Like it's an excuse. It's just a bunch of BS. Come on, Mike. To help get the job done, ensure that the next client would be happy, the next deal would come in. And as long as we stuck to the rules that our attorney had set forth. 
Our attorney told us we could scam people. That's what I hear. Our attorney told us we could lie to people. That's true. That it was just kind of a cost of doing business. And, and that cost was a steep one as this process actually resulted in consistently losing money. Okay. Oh, we lost money by pumping up stocks that companies gave us illegally. Uh, come on. Um, and then as we moved forward with business. And that's not what your partner, Wolf of Wall, uh, Weed Street said. He said, you guys made $20 million. He told on you guys on Twitter. As we move forward, there were a lot of several red flags that came up with the attorney that we were working with. The red flags on the attorney, not on you guys, though, have been fined by the SEC. That's not a red flag. Come on. And as a result, we actually... You know what? If the attorney gave bad advice, I think his name would be on the SEC fine. His name's not there. Your name is there. You, you two guys, your name is there. Your name is there with the companies that you got fined with. Not your attorney, who you never say the name of, by the way. I think it's a made-up attorney. I don't even, I question if they have an attorney. Is it a mob attorney? Like, what kind of attorney do you have, Michael? Actually fired that attorney in 2018. They fired him. Counsel. Come on. After much research, we found an amazing attorney who is our head of compliance still now to the- What's his name, Michael? Where's your documents? Where's all the information? Like, I want to see all your trading accounts. If you're giving advice like this, you you need to put up audited financial statements of what you hold. Like, no one's got nobody should trust you without like the most major accounting firm auditing you and publicly posting to the world. Like, that's the stuff that you guys don't do. This day. And this person was previous head of the Nevada Gaming Commission. What's his name? Head I of think. enforcement What's his for name? the Nevada. How come he never says his name? Why don't you ever say the hedge firm that you supposedly got an, an award, a fake award, I believe it is. SEC. And was also a former assistant U.S. attorney general. Or U.S. attorney, excuse me. We immediately had her audit every single thing. That you have a former U.S. attorney? As a as a as your attorney right now, and you don't name her, that, that's fishy to me. I'm not buying it. I know a former U.S. attorney. She just lost her job for some shit. We were doing, and she explained how she was a guest on the show too. And by the way, Michael, I'm going to be sending all of this to the SEC after the show tonight too. And I, I encourage everyone, uh, if you have info, send it over to us. We're even thinking of uh, organizing some of these folks for like a class action lawsuit against you guys. So if you're a victim of this, send it around. Get people to talk to us. We are, we are the show that exposes corruption. And we do it by dripping and gathering and continuing and listening to people. And so if you're an investor that gets scammed by these guys, you got to Part of up. our business practice was actually not correct, and it needed to be stopped. The very same day we stopped and have not repeated it since in 2018. Okay. Shortly after, in the summer of 2018, the SEC had then questioned us on the trading that was conducted from 2015 to 2018, and why, as it had no apparent purpose, and we did, uh, and we told them the truth. We told them the truth about everything. We provided all the information that our previous attorney had given us. Said so after a period of time, the SEC actually came back to us and told us that despite providing all of the info we had regarding our previous attorney, legal opinions and everything else, that the action itself was still done, which it was. The action itself was done. So you still did a fraud.
It's not an action, Michael. Why won't you why won't you actually admit what you did? I you know, I don't see Jordan Belfort or some of these other folks that you know do financial fraud who are fraudsters that have YouTube channels now. Like I don't see them not admitting what they did. You guys are not repentant. You're not you're you're covering up. It's so obvious. And as such, we would be required to pay a fine. As we should. The action was done. Whether we had bad legal advice or it not. It wasn't an action. You defrauded people. You lied to them. You lied to your you, people who were paying you, it looks like, for financial advice. People that were reading your stuff for unbiased financial advice were lied to. That's what you did. Like admit it. You're not admitting it. You're you say it's an action. Like like, oh, it's just a mistake. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. We're so experienced in financial. We're experts that you should pay us, but we don't know the set. Like th this type of fraud I learned about the first day in the industry. Like that's like the first day of class. We, you know, if you're going for licenses in the industry, a lot of times you do go through these like licensing courses and just, you know, a few weeks of training to even, you know, be able to pass the test and all that. And like the first day, this is the stuff we we learned. Action still was done. They said that we're going to have to pay a fine for that action. Now, what I will say is that I give the SEC a lot of credit, okay, because seriously, they did their job and they realized that we are not the bad guys despite having to pay a fine. They're, they did not pass down any bar, no ban from from any stock related business whatsoever not only that there was also no litigation no charges nothing criminal nothing that prevents us from conducting future business in any capacity that we want we got bad legal advice and had to pay a fine there was no scam scheme ill intent nothing that seems uh, like a lie there was no scheme scam ill intent when you actually tell folks that you don't hold the stock that you're recommending and you lie to them and say you're not holding that stock, which Adam did over and over and over again. That's a scheme. That's a fraud. That made you millions of dollars. Like that's the whole thing. Thing like that. So, what does this have to do with true trading group as a business? The answer is absolutely nothing. Not a single damn thing. This does not in any way, shape, or form have anything to do with True Trading Group. No stocks were ever promoted, were ever discussed within TTG. In fact, we actually, as a, as a company, True Trading Group, do not allow OTC stocks to be mentioned and or alerted in chat by any moderator or member with the very rare exception of certain high-end cannabis stocks. And Adam... Okay, has actually given our members several live workshops teaching our members how to identify promotions and know and understand all of the risks that are associated with them. Okay, so now you know it has nothing to do. Do you ever tell your folks that are buying into your group about the risk of listening to someone who's been fined a million dollars by the SEC? I don't think you do. Do what your training group then or now or in the future why did we share this with you at all guys true trading group was formed on and based on transparency they were based on transparency why the partner was lying to people out in the open
Like they don't come back on that. They don't, they don't push back on those allegations from the SEC that they paid a billion dollars for. They assume that people aren't going to go read the documents that we've posted tonight that are right there, black and white, what they actually did. Transparency. Why are they talking? Why did they talk about it on the show? It's pretty obvious why they talked about it on that show because it was news everywhere. It was national news. These guys had just got caught in a scam. They had to pay a huge fine to the SEC. True trading group. And after a long time, this was finally made public just this past week. And as such, we were finally able to now talk about it. Okay, for those that know us, we have a tendency to overshare and can sometimes be a bit too honest. This was very difficult for us to not discuss this as it was a huge weight off of our soldiers, to, off of our um, shoulders to do so now. You know, we don't just sweep things under the rug and true training group. We are fully transparent. We're honest with all of our members. We always have been. We always will be. TGG has given our lives purpose, passion, and we move forward, onward, and upward with the amazing TGG family that we all have here now today. I love each and every single one of you. And that's it. All right. So guys, that's it. Uh, that was our statement. We were gonna put a we're gonna put a copy of this on our website too. Um, so that way anyone that has any questions can revert back to it. We're gonna leave this video up. Um, and that's exactly what has happened. And I also spent um Saturday and and today in chat with our members and went into big details. Uh, for about two hours at a time um, so that our members can can get a little bit more than just this public statement. So um, again, no bearing on True Trading Group. There's no litigation. There's no court case. There's no criminal anything. There is absolutely nothing. It is literally a fine and a, hey, we promise to never do it again. Thank you very much. And we go on our separate way. We were not charged with anything, nothing like that at all. We have to pay a fine as we should. Yep. And Mike and I are going to discuss internally if it is worth going after that attorney who happens to be very old and retired and doesn't have any money. So we're like, eh, maybe it's better to just move on with our lives than it is to disbar an old retired attorney. We don't know yet. Um, but I will tell you that um that for the most part we're just really really grateful and feel a sense of relief that we are finally able to talk about this because we were not able to talk about this for a long time and um and we're just not the people to have secrets man and this has just been weighing on our head and um and that's it so yeah. we're here this is going to be the only time that we're going to come out and talk about this publicly because i'll tell you what we have lived the nightmare for three years we're done we want to move on with our business we accept you know we're paying the fine we need to pay there's nothing else that's required and now we can focus without anything on our shoulders or anything 110 percent on moving forward and leaving the past where it belongs in the past and let it be a lesson to everyone here too that nobody's perfect. 
no matter how great Mike's eyebrows are, <laughs> no matter how amazing my home haircut is, no matter how, no matter how Adam's Adam's uh, OnlyFans page for his feet, he's actually one of he's actually in the top one percent of creators. That's true. I make like two million a month just from showing my chubby my chubby feet. Oh. Well, if you're new and this is your first time on the live stream, welcome. Yeah, um, <laughs> if you're new, welcome. <laughs> so um, nobody's going to believe the scam, right? But people do. People believe the scam after these guys come out and just spin this BS after they got fined a million dollars by the SEC for fraud. Anyways, guys, we're gonna go ahead and um, and move on with the stream. Mike, yep. take it away. Do you and it, everyone have a lovely, lovely evening, guys? Again, we are moving forward. We are moving on, leading the password. Uh, you know where it belongs in the past. All right. What we did tonight is because we value our audience and we value the trust and the confidence that you guys instill in us. And it's important for us to be transparent. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. All right. So now let's go make some freaking money. Hey, yo. Let's learn trade and profit and let's get to why we're here. Let's make money off you. That's our whole thing. Let's go back to some of these screenshots. Here's uh, Michael. Uh, Basically, again, he got called out for the fraud coming back at folks on Twitter and saying, you know, watch the video. I got the video. Calling people a clown because they're calling him out on the scam. Again, we, we put this this one up earlier from Jason, uh, the Wolf of Weed Street, how he says that the companies are still asking him to promote. And that him and his partners made $20 million over six years. But Michael, again, just said that they didn't do it for the money. How did they make that $20 million? It's called pump and, uh, pump and dump. I want to play this one, too. This is a good video right here. This is, this is something right here, too, that uh, I just... You know, Michael told you, too, they talk a lot, which they do. They talk a lot online. They talk amongst themselves. But especially, I find, on Twitter, here's Jason, the wolf of Weed Street. Uh, after Kim Rivers bought some of her own stock back in 2021, he came up and put a video out. He says, small rant. It doesn't uh, take much to change sentiment in the market, which he knows all about because he knows how to pump up the market with fake news. He says, it doesn't take much to change sentiment in the market. See, he's actually being honest there. There are times when these guys are very honest, and that's a piece of honest. He's telling you he, he's done it. He knows how to change sentiment in the market. He knows how to pump. So that's that was his opening statement here on this video that he posted. And then he says, and even though I'm keenly aware of liquidity drops from March to July, so the stocks had all been going down. The cannabis stocks were crashing at this point like they have continued to. And he said, maybe some of the CEOs could stroke a check if they gave zero Fs about expanding shareholder bases beyond Twitter children or don't. So Jason posts this video back in 2021, praising Kim, the CEO, the CEO that has a husband that's in federal jail for fraud. They're very tight. You can tell 
They post a lot back and forth to each other. They party together. Uh, they seem very close. And you're going to see some other slides that we have tonight, some other Twitter uh, uh, screenshots that Jason, the, weed, uh, the wolf of Weed Street, the wolf for short, his wife has actually worked for Kim Rivers. But prior to that, before we post those screenshots, I want to play this, this video because I think it's very revealing. Just like he told the truth that he uh, changes, he, you know, it's very easy. It doesn't take much to change the set of it in the market, especially when these companies are worth less than a billion dollars. There's, and, you know, people are throwing in millions of dollars. You can actually change the sediment in the market with that money, with that pump and dump. And we're going to play this video because I think this video is very revealing. Um, I don't think he meant it the way he did, but maybe he did. It's very interesting because he talks about Kim Rivers buying the stock. Let's let's bring that up. I'm gonna try to bring that up right now. One second. Let's I got I, I think it's best just to play the video right now. See if I can get the Kim the Kim uh buy buy your stock video. You know what I want to do too is I want to play the tracksuit video too. I'm gonna to play the tracksuit video for us because I thought I want to show you this guy. He is a character. This is when Kim bought him the tracksuit. says wolf on the back got the true leaf logo right there you can see kim thank you for this tracksuit it is fucking amazing oh shit i'm gonna do so much break dancing and shit truly thank you you guys definitely have the best swag thank you for supporting a stock scam kim I wonder how many investors thought like these guys got to be legit. Kim Kim from Trulief is is sending him a tracksuit. There it is. Let's play this video here. I want people to see this video too because this is I think a telling video. I don't know if he meant it this way, but let's watch hey guys, this. I'm going to be brief. Um, so you know, this is, I have a critique. First, I'm going to say uh, out of all the CEOs, so top tier. Uh, MSOs, um, Kim Rivers has the biggest balls, okay? You know, it's tough to uh, to write a check for a million bucks, um, even though, you know, some of you guys have pretty deep pockets or share counts. So, I, you know, I think for sentiment, it'd be great, you know, unless you guys are going to do something to reach out to you know, new targeted demographics of shareholders, which let's stop right there. So that's what he's doing. He, he, him and his scam crew are reaching out to new targeted demographics to promote their sta stock scams, to get people to buy companies with low market caps that they've already purchased stocks on or receive stocks on. Honestly, you guys have been, fucking terrible at doing but they're good at it which is true which is you know the only reason they're going to do it is to benefit illegally on it um since the beginning all your shareholders are on twitter um and then and that's how the the, the the scam works on twitter he's telling you how they do it and he's basically telling you know if you look at the messaging here too it's a lot to these msos like you better hire us we know what we're doing you're not doing it we're doing it. You 
wonder why, um, you know, there's panic selling and uh, everything. So I think it'd be great for Senate. You wonder why there's panic selling because we've pumped it up and now we're dumping it. And everyone knows it's getting dumped because the price has gone down after we dumped our massive volume, both on the pump and the dump. I mean, um, you know, instead of just being a check cashers, I'd be a check writer. Take the stock, donate it. Wait, that's it right there. The Wolf of Weed Street. Wolfie, who did you want? Kim, Kim, Kim bought a million dollars of her own stock. You're praising her. You're now telling the other MSO heads, the, the large cannabis publicly traded stocks, you know, and they're not that large in the stock market considering, you know, they're worth a billion dollars or less, most of these companies, right? So they're very small, almost micro cap companies. And now you're telling their CEOs to buy their own stock like Kim Rivers did and donate it. Who would you like them to donate it to? Wolf of Weed Street. Did you want them to donate it to you so you could pump and dump it? I think he's telling on himself here. I think he he wants them, and I think he's telling them, you got to start pumping and dumping with us. We'll get your stock back up. Give us some of your free shares. Buy it yourself and give it to us. I wonder if Kim gave him that million dollars worth of True Leaf stock to dump. Hmm. It, write it off. I don't give write a Write it off. Do something. All right? That's it. That, that, that's my rant. That's his rant. That's all he wanted. He wanted people to pump and dump for him. It's just unbelievable. The stuff that we're finding on this, this crew. We got a lot more slides. I'm almost done tonight though. I, I hope so. I mean, we're let's go. This is more about the pump and dump. We're, we're showing some slides from the Wolf of Weed Street who likes to talk about it online. It looks like on Twitter. And these are more slides from the big party uh, that they apparently had in Vegas between the Wolf of Weed Street and Kim Rivers and Rosie. And again, this is the screenshot that we put up earlier about Kim Rivers buying that tracksuit and promoting it again on Twitter. She's promoting a guy who is a known stock manipulator who's attracted SEC invest, uh, SEC scrutiny like a dozen years ago. Like this is this is a guy that's been doing this for a long time and it's not the first time that he's been attached to these you know stock pump and dumps and she's promoting him in 2021 on Twitter. It's really bizarro. I don't think I I don't think you would see any other CEO doing this. And here's Rosie. Again, uh the chief PR agent for a lot of these MSO companies and cannabis She's, she's, you know, gabbing it up with uh, the wolf on Twitter. And they're talking about their parties on Twitter. We've got screenshot after screenshot after screenshot. Here's uh, uh, in March uh, 20, uh, no, July 24th, 2021. The wolf of Weed Street is congratulating Kim Rivers again. And he says, hey, you know, my wife used to work for Kim Rivers. And she acknowledges that too. So we see that too. We got that up on the screen. So the wolf of Wee Street, Wolf's wife used to work for Kim Rivers. That's how tight these folks are. They definitely know each other. So she has to know what he's up to. 
And again, this is more uh, back. This goes way back. This goes back to 2014. There was a story that came out, SEC warnings and suspensions impact cannabis-related company. A lot of these cannabis, these much smaller companies and truly back then, were held up. They stopped their stock from trading. And it was because of the speculation of the wolf, the same guy. This happened way before 2021 and 2022 when Kim was hanging out with him. We're going to talk about some of the other folks who have uh, platformed this guy. The folks that people are taking advice from. There's a reason why people were flocking to this guy, why they were investing money with them, why they were buying their services, their so-called services, the pump and dump schemes. Here's one, the dime, the dime podcast. Here they were promoting Jason Spadafara on their podcast. Uh, this was in 2022. This again, this was just recently in the last year or two. And when you ask them about it, they don't want to talk about it. We just asked uh, Brian Fields, the host about it. Why did you have this guy on? He was as his partners were SEC fine. They were fined by the federal government for fraud. Why are you promoting them? Why did you promote them? Did you know about it? Was it laziness or did you just get paid off? He asked which episode, like he doesn't know at this point. We share the episode with him. We share who it was. Then he says, thanks for listening. No concern for his audience. His uh, Cureleaf, the head, the CEO of Cureleaf was also uh, on lives with the True Trading Group scammers. You see what's going on here? It's not just Kim, not just Rosie. Here's another one from uh, the Wolf of Weed Street. He says, here are the spaces from this week that Mayor Toby and I did with Boris Jordan, the head of uh, Cureleaf, and Heyman Shares. This is an ETF company. ETF company. So Boris Jordan, Hammond Shares, Mayor Toby, all these guys are supposed to be respectable somewhat. Like I know Boris is, you know, he's, he works with oligarchs, but he's a CEO of a publicly traded company. Have some like decorum. You're going on a, on a stock pump show. And the Mayor Toby too. Like these guys, when you ask them too, like we've asked Haman Shares about it. We've asked Mayor Toby, just like uh, the other guy from the dime, they don't have anything to say. They don't seem to care that they promoted pump and dump. They don't seem to care that people got ripped off hundreds of thousand dollars. Retail investors. Again, after uh, Boris Jordan came on their show, their space, some folks asked if Kim was going to come on. It seemed like Kim was interested in 2021. I don't know if she did. I couldn't find that. Maybe she smartened up. Here's Ben Kovler. He's another uh, big-time CEO of a cannabis company. He's also responding to their BS on Twitter. Like, like they're totally legit. And Ben's never responded to us. Like, he's, he's responding to the stock pump guys. We got more. I mean, we, we could go all day with Kim Rivers and this guy, Jason. Like, I almost wonder if they're boyfriend-girlfriend. Seriously. Here are some of the reviews we found online. There's a lot of reviews. Uh, this person, very similar to the phone call we took tonight, said, uh, what I don't like about them is their marketing. They lecture you about fear of missing out. 
and then they they do it themselves. They actually apply fear of missing out on their member recruitment tactic. You can see what they're writing here. They push their audience. They definitely do. Here's another one that we got up on the screen. Uh, you aren't allowed to post negative reviews about True Trading Group. Suge, Adam, will crucify you. So, like, it's funny that this guy, Adam, this little guy, Adam, who had the, you could tell he was freaking out in that video that we played. Adam calls himself Suge, like he's Suge Knight or something. Here's another one, another review. Don't buy. I have reasons to believe they use fake accounts to type dollar sign if you made money while on their YouTube screen streams. And again, I'm going to say that. I noticed a lot of fakery too. You could tell in a thought in, in, in a you know inauthentic uh YouTube channels and their lives. It is like a casino. That's what this review says. It's a casino. You may get up, but you'll lose your money in the end. The educational content is too simply check a box for this service. In addition, there is no possible way you can day trade or even short-term trade. Uh, you know, so they're basically calling it out the whole model and the scamminess of it. You know what? I want to post some comments because there have been a lot of comments coming through. If anyone wants to call in, they can too. 978-560-3150. Uh, I got a comment from Lou who says, Brian Fields, laugh out loud. No surprise to see his name mixed up in this. Yes and no. Like, you know, I, you know I, I'm not surprised by it because I think Brian is kind of naive. Like he falls for the BS. But I think it's surprising that he doesn't care. And maybe I should be, maybe I'm being naive. Maybe you're being naive too. Like, you know, it's just like, I almost want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt on it. Like, you know, because I think a lot of folks are lazy out there and they don't do the research. They don't know who they're platforming. However, he doesn't seem to care. And however, he's also booked a lot of the same people from Mateo from, uh, you know, he's, he's had Kim on his show. He hasn't asked her the tough questions. So, yeah, I guess that's not surprising at all. Really? Other uh, listeners said that these guys get in trouble for pot stocks. I don't know. I mean, I think it's all got rolled up into this other stuff, but I think it started back around then way back. Uh, someone says it, uh, it's only illegal if you get caught. Yeah, exactly. And they did get caught. You know, for me, it doesn't matter if it's illegal. It's it's defrauding somebody. You know, I don't even think I, if it was legal, I still wouldn't do it. Do you know what I mean? Like ripping off like working class people, people who have like trying to save money for their retirement or goals or family or whatever it is like that is just not ethical. I, you know, I would probably think differently if you're stealing from like the Walmart heirs. Like if you're stealing from a billionaire, I wouldn't be as a, I wouldn't give a shit at all, honestly. But when you're stealing from working class people, especially people like this who are looking for advice, I know who these folks are because I used to give them advice. Another listener uh, uh, says, what's up, Mike? It's Mike Driscoll. He's a longtime listener. He wants to know what's going on. He caught up. Uh, he wants to get caught up. He came in late. Uh, Michael, you're going to have to listen to this whole show because there's a lot to this. But basically, cannabis stock scams is what we're talking about today. And specifically, we're talking about the true trading group and their connections to a lot of the cannabis uh, business influ influencers on Twitter. And we're talking about CEOs like Kim, especially Kim Rivers from True Leaf. We're talking about ETF guys. 
who basically run, you know, trading mutual funds, uh, ETF, electronically traded funds. That's what they're doing for pot, for cannabis. Those guys, cannabis media, platforming them, stock scammers. There's a comment. He said they got in trouble for a bad disclosure in 2015, got fined in 2021. So that sums it up pretty good, too. Uh, another question says, uh, where are these fools from? I believe they all are in Florida right now. Another one says, I thought this was going to be about the MSO gang or Todd Harrison. Well, you know, it is a part about MSO gang and Todd Harrison because they all bought in. None of them called this out. It was good for them. But they ended up, they left, they're left holding the bag and their reputations have been diminished. A lot of uh, investors see the MSO gang, Todd Harrison. These guys are the ones from the ETFs that were platforming, who were going on their shows, who were promoting these scammers. So, yeah, there is a part of this that's about that tonight. We're going to be talking about that. We got another call. Let's see who it is. Maybe we got uh, one of the scammers on the line. Let's see if we got another scammer. I think they called in earlier, actually. Who's on the phone? You got a comment? Yes. Hey, who's this? Yeah, hi. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. What do you got for us tonight? Uh... Nothing. My name's Chris. I was just going to comment on. Um... Oh, sorry. I have like real bad feedback. Um, my Twitter handle, kind of what I cover is the short selling that's been going on in the industry. Okay, go ahead. What do you got so on? Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, um, what I've been noticing is tons of naked short selling. Um, I mean, Tilray, for example, which I've been following has been like 70% short sold every single day. And the thing that kind of concerns me is I've been kind of tweeting at a lot of people in the industry, a lot of CEOs, if they'll even address, uh, the amount of short selling that's been going on and none of them will even talk about it. Um, so to me, it's just like, <clears throat> A lot of red flags involved in that uh, because this industry has been so shorted that I think anybody with eyeballs or a brain can tell right now that there's some big money pushing this industry down. Um, and for the CEOs, not even to comment on it or MSO gang, Todd Harrison, any of these people, it just kind of makes me feel like they're all in cahoots, <laughs> which is not um, a good feeling. Yeah, I agree with you. The, they need to answer. They need to answer. Like Kim, Kim needs to answer why he was. She was promoting this guy. Like, well, um, that guy Wolf on Wall Street. I kind of I haven't been on Twitter that long, but figured him out right away. And I was calling him a fraud on his Twitter page, and he blocked me like instantly. So he will not even communicate with you if you have any kind of um, dissenting opinion. I got a comment here too, because Ted Ted seems to know some stuff. He posted some good stuff, but I think he's talking to me right now. He says, "LOL, this kind of guy is kind of clueless." And then he says, 
It's not a donation if you give it to a promoter. It's a payment which would have to be disclosed. Um, and then he goes on and says, Wolf was never charged or targeted. The guy is a douchebag, but he has always disclosed positions in writing on his site. What do you what what do you think about that comment from Ted? Um, I don't know much about this dude, Wolf, because I've just kind of recently become invested in the cannabis space. So I know he's been around in it a long time. But just being an investor in other spaces and stuff like that before, um, I can sniff out the bullshitters pretty quickly. And like I said, I sniffed at this dude out from seeing his Twitter post really fast. And he blocked me maybe on like the second comment I made on one of his posts. I was blocked. Um, somebody that pumps a stock when it's very high and then shits on a stock when it's at all-time low is a very dangerous person. And you have to question their motives and somebody like that where you're not even allowed to question their motives or they will not give you an answer to their motives of why they were pumping a stock at all-time highs and are now shitting on it at all-time lows um you know when you can't even have a discourse with somebody like that um that's very suspicious to me so i would never give that guy my money yeah especially when they say that they're transparent they kept talking about transparency it's like no you're not transparent number one and you know what else is so funny is this guy ted called me naive but he's defending a guy who's named after the wolf of 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 wall street who's a stock scammer i mean i think they you know what's funny is these guys basically are telling you who they are like don't you think that no i mean you figured it out right away i looked at it like last week and i was like i knew exactly what i was looking at once i looked into it like it was so obvious to me i don't know how someone like ted could defend them unless he's in on it or he's just a wicked sucker he spent a lot of money on it and he doesn't want to you know admit to it at this point that could be it i mean where do you think some of these like we had a call earlier from someone who seemed like he was trolling us where do you think those calls and those comments I don't, are coming from do i don't know man like like i said for me like i don't know much about the guy um I followed his Twitter handle for like a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, and then he blocked me. Um, but just for me personally, like his whole, and I never gave him a dime of my money. I didn't really know who the hell this guy was. It's just when you, when you go on uh, Twitter and look up weed stocks, he's like one of the first accounts you see because he probably has most followers out of all the, you know, like Fintel weed stock uh, people. But to me, just like his whole personality and persona immediately turned me off. Um, as far as like the cockiness and stuff like that. And again, um, if you had a dissenting opinion or, and this was just what I noticed. So this is personally, like purely just my personal opinion on how I felt, but, um, it was the cockiness and it was the, you know, if you said anything, um, against what he said or the opposite of what he said, you were immediately shut down, immediately called a clown, immediately called a moron, and then blocked. So that's just kind of my take on the dude. I don't, if people did give that guy money, I mean, I feel sorry for them. I would never give somebody like that money just for, just for the fact that to me, the dude seems like, um, just like a cocky asshole. And I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't right. want to give a cocky asshole my money just exactly. on that alone. But especially when he's not, licensed. I mean, unless they make, He's not licensed either. And he's giving advice, which again is illegal. Like we're seeing things that I know that aren't legal. If you don't have a license, you're giving advice on like, you can call it stock trading advice, but in the end, these are, it's investment advice. I mean, that's, that's what it is. I right. see it. I thank you so much for your call. I tonight. mean, 
Yeah, yeah, no problem. Do you have a final I, thought um, on it? Go ahead. No, I was just saying, um, if you look up like the uh, the money hashtag for Tilray, uh, you'll probably find like a lot of my posts because I comment on it very frequently. I try not to give like I'm not some kind of like stock guru or anything. I've been in the market for a while. I've caught a couple bottoms in different industries and cycles, so I try not to give people financial advice. But um, you know, I'm not a pro trader, anything like that. What I would say, but just my personal opinion, the the shit that has gone on in this industry is fucking insane. And for a lot of the things that I see on social media saying, um, like I had one person on Twitter um, tell me I was a dumbass and told me that retail drives these markets. Retail is not driving these markets. If you look at the, you know, anything about um, uh, like trading, if you look at any of these charts, they've almost all been driven down in a perfect short channel for two years. That's not natural. That's not retail. Yeah. That's not retail. Um, this retail is all buy just stocks. My, they don't, they don't short stocks that most retail like that. This is just all my personal opinion right. and it's not financial advice and it's not financial advice, but there is a lot of money in this sector that is very interested in driving these stock prices down to absolute rock bottom that they can. It's, it's of my personal opinion, and I don't have any evidence for this. Again, this is just my opinion. It's not financial advice, but I personally think with the amount of money that's interested in shorting this sector, um, a lot of these big hedge funds have political connections and stuff. I mean, I think they know probably about when um, legislation is going to come down the pike. Um, so to me, it just looks like they're trying to short everything down to rock bottom before we get some kind of legislation. And then, you know, hopefully they'll flip long and uh, we'll finally get a bottom. But anyway, I just wanted to say that um, anybody who thinks that retail is driving these markets down, there is big, 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 big money um, that is driving these prices down right now and has been for the past two years. Thank you so much for your call tonight. Yeah, no problem, man. We're the young jerks and we're covering, uh, some crazy stuff going on in the stock market. Uh, Ted writes, LOL, Wolf hates the MSO guys. I think he does now. I think that's what's so funny about this. It's like the, the MSO guys and the MSO ladies, they befriended a wolf and the wolf bit them and the wolf ate them. And that's, that's what we're at right now. Like, I think they're almost hoping the wolf comes back and, and starts as, you know, pumping again. That's how bad it is. So there's more to this. I want to show some more slides. I'm reading some of the comments with you guys too. Um, here's another one. The head trainer constantly gives losing trades. We're talking about true trading group now. I was pertinently muted for pointing it out. He even private messaged me and called me an a-hole. I will not be renewing black box is a better option. And, you know, this is, again, what I'm talking about. This is what someone had sent me. To me, it looks like illegal things are going on from Wolf of Weed Street. Um, the person writes, you're not allowed to give investment advice anywhere without a license, even with a license at times. Like when I had a Series 7 license, I couldn't give advice unless I got it approved by a superior. 
by someone who was more regulated than I was above me, my compliance guy. You know, I couldn't just go on a talk show and, and give advice off the, you know, that wasn't legal. So oftentimes even people who are licensed and registered can't actually give advice. And sometimes you have to have certain licenses to be able to do that. I actually got one of the higher licenses through FINRA to actually be a you know, more of a licensed financial advisor that could give advice. So here he is. He's giving advice. He's telling people to buy these stocks and to, to buy the calls that he was probably selling. And these were losing trades. We're showing them up on the screen right now. You can see that this was a losing trade. He paid, he said he's paid $740 for $40 calls. That never hit. So this is what he told people to do. People invested it and lost. This is exactly what we're talking about. Whether the SEC finds him or not on these instances, I, I find it like really bizarro. Here's one of the main people in this uh, true trading group stock uh, fraud. Michael, he leads all of like the sales stuff. He's like the main used car salesman there. He says, do not complain about what you didn't get from the work that you didn't put in. How much work did you put in to, it seems like you put in a lot of work to con people, Michael. With all the work that you put in to con people, why didn't you just work a real job? I'm sure you could have sold cars. Like, wasn't that enough? You had to get the $20 million, I guess. Here's another comment that came in. And he said, I've said it for two years. Aside from Schumer, True Trading Group is the worst thing that ever happened in cannabis. The fact that people like MJ, Toby, Advisor Shares, tons of others have allowed this wolf to speak on their spaces is insane. And I agree. That's the, the point on this. We're calling it out. Um, if you're somebody that has power at these companies, if you're a shareholder, you should be asking them, why did they platform them? Especially Kim at True Leaf. Here's another one. Deborah Brochure. She is the co-founder, executive editor of the award-winning cannabis financial news site, The Green Market Report. She was just uh, bragging like she often does on social media. And she says that at The Green Market Report, we cover all the SEC moves on cannabis fraud. It takes the SEC about three to five years to move on bad actors. They get barred and then repeat. Little investors get screwed. Few media outlets seem to cover these. I couldn't find her covering the frauds that we're talking about. So I asked her and especially I needed to ask her because in the, this is just last week. She's laughing at some of the Wolf of Wheat street Twitter posts. And she says, you guys make me laugh a lot. So she seems friendly with them too. So we ask her and she comes back with an attack basically. and says, unlike your hidden identity, I'm not hidden. Everyone knows who I am. I am fully public, she says. I am a journalist who used to have three security licenses and worked on Wall Street for over 15 years. Well, I'll say I had over four or five security licenses, so I think I beat you there. But I only worked 10 years. You worked 15 years on Wall Street. I was more of a retail broker than anything else. So maybe you do have more experience on Wall Street. I don't know. But, but it's just funny that she brought that up. That was her thing is that she's really experienced. We're not which isn't true. She says, trust me, most cannabis companies would wish I could be bought, read green market. And, you know, I've talked to folks that have worked with her or worked with her. They say she has no ethics. They tell me that she has called Rosie Mateo up screaming and yelling, asking for ad money, telling her that how much we protect your dispensers. You have to give us money. 
This is Deborah from Green Market Report. This is what I've been told. My sources have told me. Deborah then goes up and says, wow, because we ask her about, you know, who's funding her. She goes up and says, wow, I haven't received a dime from True Leaf. Matteo has sponsored some of our events, but not sure what that has to do with us. Well, Matteo was the PR firm for True Leaf when you booked Kim for your event, which you sold tickets off of Kim. So that's not really being honest, is it, Deborah? And then Deborah says, all public information, we need sponsors at our events to support our journalism so we can give it to our news for free to our readers. Hmm. Then she says, we do well-researched journalism. Not sure why you're attacking a colleague. And I just said, on the record, like, I just want to know about, like, why you haven't covered this. Why you haven't covered this uh, of these people who are business partners with a guy who hangs out with your friends who are your, you know, who are your people. And you know what happened next. What happened next, folks? You know what happened next. Oh, and by the way, before she blocked me, I realized that her son actually works for Matthew. See, these people, it's a nest. They're all connected from the media to the PR firms, to the MSOs, to the even the stock pump, the fraudulent stock pumpers. So Deborah, the one that works for Green Market Report, the founder of Green Market Report, who's really unpleasant to work for and work with, I hear. Her son works for Matteo Communications, which is the PR firm for TerraSend. They were the PR firm for Ascend. They were the PR firm for TrueLeaf. But there's nothing going on. There's no collusion between these MSOs and the pay-to-play media like Green Market Report. Definitely not. Nothing to see. Noah Heyman, one of the folks that you, we talked about, again, with uh, Todd Harrison. These guys run e ETFs. This guy runs the advisor shares. He's the CEO. It's an ETF for cannabis uh, stock. So it's basically a mutual fund that you can buy in the stock exchange. That's what he does. He was also uh, platforming the same stock scammers. And what's really funny, and this is the kind of the, when I said the wolf is biting the industry now, because the wolf was their friend when he was pumping. But now things aren't going so well, and 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 folks like the wolf are being blamed for it. And he needs a scapegoat. So he's turned around and he's blaming it on the gentleman at the ETF that platformed him. So Noah, what do you get for pumping up these fake stock frauders? They now attack you. It's kind of justice. It's karma. You tried to befriend a wolf and now the wolf is biting you. You fed the wolf and the wolf is now biting you. This is Jason Spatafora, the Wolf of Weed Street, is accusing the same ETF. He said, someone explained how this, to me, how does one manage to spend ETFs in this market? Now he's going after them. And he's, he's bringing the SEC up. So I asked Noah about it. I said, Noah, when Wolf of Weed Street was calling you a, a fraud and accusing you of fraud, why didn't you point out that he is, you know, partnered with two guys who were fined a million dollars by the SEC for fraud? He didn't comment. He can't comment because he is a, he was aligned with them and he knows it. Uh, another person on Twitter said it took far too long, but it's good to see people finally realize advisor shares and Todd Harrison are now not worthy of listening to. And he shows the limited amount of viewers that Todd gets compared to the past. Now that's the point. These guys are 
bullshit artist and it's been exposed and it's they got bitten by the wolf that they fed they were in on the pump and dump here's another guy terrasend uh dude he's the chairman of terrasend corp another major multi-state operator in the cannabis space he is a hashtag mso gang on his profile his name is jason wild he goes by at jason g wild on on twitter he apparently is now uh the guy funding mateo he's he's using their services and someone asked uh on twitter jerry posted this is just dancing around the reality that the whole limited license thing as sold is not quite what's happening in reality for many companies. And so the supposed first to market advantage is nonsense. And it's exactly what we've been noting for so long that the big advantage isn't that much of an advantage and it disappears quickly and no one wants to buy the shit, you know? And Jason comes back and says, no dancing around anything. Limited license markets haven't fared much better than the others the last 18 months. So he's stating a fact, Jason does. But then this is where I think he's not being correct. And I don't know if this is nefarious or not, but he seemed to be, I wonder if he was at these parties because he was tagged at the parties too. And he, he, uh, he seems to be connected to the Wolf of Weed Street too. He writes, I don't think anyone nefariously, quotation marks, sold anyone on anything they didn't believe in. It's interesting how he writes, sold. Like he knows that stock scam is what they're doing. And, and, and that's how they... They're not supposed to sell. They don't call it selling, but they did sell. They did sell it in quotation marks. So let me say that again. He says, I don't think anyone nefariously sold anyone on anything they didn't believe in. They were wrong. Companies are wrong all the time. The good ones change course when warrant, warranted. That's interesting, Jason. I think that you know that people were sold a scam. And I think that you don't give a shit. And I think you probably benefited. I think that a lot of these CEOs sold into the scam. What I mean is they sold when the scammer sold. Think about it. I'm sure some of these CEOs are selling shares. They always sell shares. That's why they want stock pumpers. Now, again, someone, one of the first callers tonight, right on the mark. He said, we're just going to be scratching the surface on this. It's exactly what we're doing tonight. We're just going for the easiest stuff we found. There's a long post on Reddit about these guys too. Wall Street bets expose market manipulation, fraud, and the theft of tendies from speaks and booleans. I'm not going to read this tonight because it's very extensive. There's a lot to follow up on, but we will. We will follow up on it, and we will be taking your calls. If you've been scammed by them and you want to talk to us, you're going to have plenty of opportunity to do so in the future. This is interesting. One of the uh, folks that's been messaging to me about these guys. He said, well, what do you know? Looks like Wolf is buying calls and options right now, taking advantage of the safe banking hype. So it's like maybe the Wolf is going to come back to the stock cannabis scams. Will the industry welcome him back like they did before the first time or the second time? I think this would be like the third time. Someone uh, messaged, you know, someone posted on uh, Twitter and says, seriously, why are people still using this MSO gang hashtag? Question mark. And the Wolf of Weed Streak says, because they are dumb Fs and don't understand the name is cursed. 
That is true. I believe that is true. And I believe also after this episode and others like it and more information comes out, I think the Wolf of Weed Street is cursed. I think your name is cursed. I think True Trading Group, the name is cursed. I think Cure, uh, Cure Leaf and especially Kim Rivers and True Leaf, their names are cursed too. The brand value is not good for any of you folks. Again, here's Jason says, I haven't promoted a penny stock since January 2020. Just to be clear, you have said you learned everything about pot stocks from me. So again, he's coming back at Hammond Shares saying he hasn't promoted a penny stock. Um, I don't know. Are cannabis companies even consider penny stocks? They trade on Canadian stock exchange. I don't think it's the official OTC that we consider penny stocks. And you're also doing crypto. Have you been paid by any crypto companies? Have you disclosed all your holdings to to and have it audited? You know, if you're partnering with people who have paid millions of dollars, no one should trust you without a, a third-party audit. You haven't done any of that. You haven't disclosed any of your stuff. Again, this is this is uh, Jason. Again, I just want to remind you, for folks just listening, these guys admitted. He admitted on Twitter, twenty million over six years they made from their illegal stock pumping schemes. Another review on Twitter says, shame on you. Spatafor is a lying, scheming, paid promoter of marijuana stocks. Perfect example is TGOD, where he got people annihilated by pumping it, yet could never once disclose he was getting paid by them to promote the company. He comes back and says, ha the stupidity of this tweet just won you the dumpest tweet of 2022. Unlike many others, I disclosed everything because if you don't, there's a fine. 2008 wants your TGOD tweet back, please. So it's more of the, we don't do that anymore. We don't do the illegal schemes we used to do. Again, uh, Atlas Trading, another company that the wall, uh, the Wolf seems to be associated with, just something came down on them this week too. Very similar stuff. Uh, the allegations of the uh, superseding indictments of suffic uh, sufficiently alleged security fraud scheme in conspiracy. Sound familiar? The allegations uh, charge defendants with conducting their pump and dump scheme repeatedly across years through immeasurable false and misleading statements and omissions. So it's the same stuff. And these guys are going to trial. Like the SEC on them is like, you know, we're going to trial. We're not going to let you dismiss it. That's going to be interesting. So this is ongoing. Uh, I think I presented a lot tonight. If you want to follow up with us, MJCBoston1 at Gmail. Oh, no, at Yahoo. Let's do Yahoo. MJCBoston1 at Yahoo.com. Uh, it's a regular email I check all the time. Send me. Send me all your information on these guys. And if you want to leave a voicemail, 978-560-3155, we will definitely follow up with you. I wanted to leave it at this. I think this was pretty comprehensive, but really what this proves tonight is the lack of judgment from Kim Rivers, the lack of judgment from Rosie, the lack of judgment from Todd Harrison, the lack of judgment from the guy from Haman Shares, the ETF, the lack of judgment from the cannabis media like Benzinga, like uh, the Dime Podcast, like Brian, who platform these folks. And haven't, you know, let their audience know what's going on. 
and I doubt they will. I bet they're not resharing this this podcast. They don't want people to know. They don't want people to know that they let fraudsters defraud retail customers. We're calling it out. Expect much more. If there's fraud in this industry, we want to know about it. Hit us up. We got a lot more we're covering. We got a former cannabis control commissioner right now who is uh, working with uh, OUI testing companies to, to push these new mandatory OUI testing machines on the public that are known to not work. There's a lot of scams out there. We're the Young Jerks. My, my, my name is Mike Crawford. If you like what you heard tonight, if you want to support us, like us, follow us, subscribe to us, especially on iTunes. Give us a review up on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. And, uh, you know, consider dropping some money, too. If you like us monthly, we do uh, pay for the Anchor, obviously, Anchor, uh, not Anchor, uh, StreamYard, excuse me, to broadcast live. Does cost money, and we do appreciate uh, anyone that can kick in some cash to help support what we do. Midnightmass.substack.com is one way you can subscribe to us. There's also anchor.fm slash the young jerks or any of our podcasts. If you're on iTunes, you can see, just look, scroll down and you'll see, um, you know, you can contribute a monthly donation to us as well. I want to thank everyone who supports the show. We'll be back soon. I'm not sure when Mike Crawford checking out. I hope people got value out of this tonight. We should not allow this kind of crap in our industry. We got to we got to call it out. Here's another comment I'm going to read before we leave. Chris writes, "Do the retail cannabis investors need this? Thank you for doing this. No one has been on their side for years and have only sought to plunder them." And that's what kills me. Because you know, I've been investing for years now. And especially now, it's easy to fall for these scams. Like I got scammed by Voyager this year or last year or whatever that happened. It wasn't a lot of money, but still. And it was basically the same thing, lying to your investors. They told us they were FDIC insured on the U.S. dollar coins, which I thought was the safest investment. Like, So these scams happen a lot. It's unfair to working class people. I feel like the SEC... And it's the same with the, like these telemarketers and these people that scam us, you know, by stealing out of credit card information. All of them, all the financial crimes. We should make this like we treated the drug war, like we treat Al Qaeda. There's so much damage being done to good business people, to good people who are trying to just save a little money. It's got to stop and we got to out it. We got to make sure that our friends and family don't fall for these scams, that people are educated on what's going on. We got to shut them down and the federal government should be doing a lot more. And so again, if you've been scammed by them, you can contact the SEC. You know what to show them, show them the investment advice they gave you, the illegal investment advice they gave you. Tell them how much you lost. We're going to post a link everywhere uh, where to uh, file a complaint to the SEC, but you can Google it. Let them know that you're, that you know that they, because the SEC knows about this. They need to hear from more of you. We're going to actually send this to the SEC tonight, too. But again, if you want to support us, we're on. We're legit. We're not uh, scammers. We work for the people. We listen to our community. That's how we found out about this. That's how we find out almost about all of our stories is we listen 
to what you send us and what you tell us. 978-560-3155 is our phone number. If you want to leave a voicemail, if you've been scammed by them, you want to leave any feedback, leave a voicemail after the show is over tonight. Again, my name is Mike Crawford. We're the Young Jerks. We will be back very soon. I want to thank everyone for supporting us, subscribing to us, sharing, and even uh, the folks who've been reporting on this, the folks that have been talking to us, disclosing information this week. I want to thank Lauren Mandel and a lot of other folks, too, who have been doing good work on this. Liz, too. We're the Young Jerks. We'll see you very soon. Mike Crawford. Later, everyone. Kim, thank you for this tracksuit. It is fucking amazing. Right. You know, like Cureleaf is a hundred dollar company in five years. You know, I think in two to three years, it's a $50 company. It's 13 right now. So it's a multi-bagger. And you can say that about Green Thumb and you can say that about True Leaf.